got to go in March to Milan to the Prada show with my talent, Asia Fox. She was invited and she very kindly brought me with her. That was probably one of the most exciting things that's ever happened to me. I mean, I still get teary in every show. Hey, Girl Gazers, it's your host, Taylor, and welcome back to season four of Girl Gaze Podcast. Girl Gaze Pod is all about self-discovery as it relates to making your dreams a reality. This season, I will be interviewing girl and guy gazers who are in a fearless pursuit of their dreams. Every other Wednesday, I'm joined by the most inspiring people within my network who take action to get to where they want to be. If you have been enjoying the podcast, make sure you are following me at Taylor Bradford and at Girl Gaze Pod on Instagram and on TikTok. There are literally more of you who are listening to the podcast than who like my posts on social media. So make sure you go support over there as well. And while you're at it, it would mean so much to me if you would take a screenshot and post this on your Instagram stories, share it with your friends, DM me your thoughts, and leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Today, I am joined by Georgia Makeley, who is the Global Director of Digital and Media at none other than Ford Models. Funnily enough, Georgia and I actually connected on TikTok a couple of years ago. And since then, we have ran into each other at events, and more importantly, we have been cheering each other on one career milestone at a time. In this episode, we chat about George's career journey from assistant to global director, what it's like working with luxury brands in the influencer space, overcoming imposter syndrome, why she thinks everyone should have a personal brand, attending Paris and Milan Fashion Week, and so much more. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode. It's got to be one of my favorites. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, Georgia Makeley. Hi, Georgia. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to pick your brain and learn more about your story today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So why don't you kick things off with a literal introduction? Sure. Well, I'm Georgia Makeley. I hope oh, Georgia Makeley Schrader. I forgot my married name. I'm 29. I live here in New York in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg. I'm from Chicago originally, half Chicago, half San Francisco. So I grew up half in Chicago with my family and then I moved out there actually San Diego and then San Francisco so oh, wow. everyone's like where are you from I'm like well <laughs> all of these places all of it it's easier <laughs> to say Chicago but that's where I'm from originally and I went to DePaul University in Chicago that's what brought me back there later in life and I went to yeah I went to DePaul for communications and media mm-hmm. and did fashion throughout in internships and stuff but I studied communications in school amazing and where are you now Global Director of Digital and Media at Ford Models. Amazing. Well, congratulations, because that promotion is recent, right? Yes, very recent. Incredible. So before we get into your whole journey and how you got to Ford and got this amazing promotion, I always like to kick things off with a gaze of the week, which is a thought or realization that you've been reflecting on recently. Yes. Mine is you can't and you should not do it by yourself. Mm. I was just on my honeymoon, and before that, I was in Paris for Fashion Week. So my team here in New York was working their butts off, and it just made me so grateful to be able to delegate things. And that was a learning lesson for me in itself. Mm -hmm. I was always a, I'm just going to do it because I can do it, and I can do it quickly. But realizing that other people can help you 
for your work, but also for your mental health. And that's really important. Yeah. How'd you learn how to delegate to your team? It's been a learning lesson, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think I have always been a self-starter, so I've just always been so quick to jump on things. And I think learning as a manager myself and becoming a boss, I realized that needs to change because it's actually just not good management style. Mm -hmm. So um, it just started out by having an amazing assistant, Allie, who is now an agent, junior agent. And And we love to see that too, because when I first met Allie, she was your assistant at the time. And now she's grown. And as you've delegated certain things, it's also given growth opportunities for her too, which I'm sure as a manager is like very rewarding to see her grow. Definitely. And to see the investment and the loyalty. Mm -hmm. She reached out to me via a DM. Oh, I love that story. Okay. So I was like, that's totally something I would have done myself. Yes. Love that. And even now I feel this weird cosmic serendipitous thing of I get those messages often what made me say yes to this one but I don't question it and I'm so glad that I did it was meant to be yeah it was it was meant to be so just seeing her thrive and then Jane I was on my team now then being able to handle everything while I was gone and I could actually log off for the first time in a really long time amazing I was like okay yeah we can trust the whole gang we can trust the whole team you know and that's really nice yes okay I love that so this was your second year going to Paris yes Actually, my first year was a few days after my wedding. Oh my God, insane. Okay. <laughs> I ditched my husband and went to Paris. And I thought he was going to come with me, but then he didn't. So I felt like a terrible wife, but it was amazing. <laughs> and this season was great. Um, I just really had an opportunity to see all of my clients I never got to see in Paris. Mm-hmm. I had 10 talent on the ground there. Amazing. So it was really just coordinating schedules and herding cats, basically. Yeah. You know, and being on the time zone is so important because mm-hmm. especially the Paris season, they confirm things so last minute that it could be, hey, we just got an allocation. One of your talent can now come. I have to be on the time zone to say, okay, great. Um, and then pass the note along and hope that they can make it yeah. and get dressed in time. So that was really a big chunk of what I was doing. I got to go to the Balmain show, which was fun. Amazing. That was really cool. I got to see Cher. And Iconic. I was, like, I was like right below the stage, so I got to see her right in front of me, and I was like, "This is amazing." Um, so that was great. Went to some presentations yeah. and a few other things, but it was really fun. Amazing, and I feel like when you travel to a different country for Fashion Week, it's also just such a great opportunity for networking too, and yeah. to meet people on the teams of these luxury brands who don't live in New York. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's really fun and. It's always a little bit of a pinch me moment when you get to think about the brands that you're working with and the people that you're having lunch with. Sometimes it sinks in. You're like, this is amazing. I couldn't have dreamed I would have been in Paris. And yeah, right. Year, you know? And taking that step back to recognize in the moment to like actually appreciate it. Definitely. I love that. So let's jump back to the beginning. Yeah. When did you first enter the fashion industry? I was a baby. I was 16. And I was living in San Francisco at the time, and I knew I wanted to be in fashion. And thankfully, at a young age, I knew everyone wants to be in fashion, so what am I gonna do? Well, I reached out to a few celebrity stylists in San Francisco, and I just said, like, let me help you for free. Just like a cold call email? Just a cold email, and I was like, let me be your little, you know, gopher. And so my first boss, Marcy Carmack, hired me, and we worked with some high-profile politicians in the city. She then became the first ever creative director at The Real Real. Mm. So I was their first ever, basically, employee. 
Um, we started in the CEO's living room and then I got to basically watch it blossom. We went to our first little warehouse. Mind you, this is all the summer before I went to college. So I was still in high school. Yeah, wait, that is so crazy. (laughs) Sometimes people will comment on my TikToks and be like, what can I do to further my network or to further my career when I'm still in high school? I mean, the cold call email, cold call DM. Yeah. Just to assist someone, clearly, I mean, it worked out because it snowballed. It definitely, and I can't believe that little 16 year old me just it she did the damn thing effect, you know but it was yeah. really amazing and even now I see what the real real is and I'm like wow I'm so lucky that that all just worked out all the doors opened at the right time and um and then when I went to college in Chicago I started working for publications in the city I wanted to try out all these different avenues of the fashion business I worked for another celebrity stylist out there and then I ended up um, finding my way into talent management so I kind of you know took a little segue there but then when I came back to Ford it really combined those two loves for me which was talent representation and fashion so then I got to the little perfect marriage. <laughs> exactly. It's important to try different things out so you can see what you like and what you don't like. Majorly. My well, mom always said that. She said, mm. the thing you want to find out is what you don't want more than what you do want. Yes. And those, all of those internships were amazing, but they all told me, this isn't my place. This isn't what I want to do. And then it kind of helped me find my focus. Yes. Amazing. So when did you move to New York? Actually, really bad timing. It was three months before the pandemic started. I basically realized during the pandemic when I was like scrolling through my phone of like, I feel like I didn't even live in New York. All I did was live in the office. Literally. It made me want to change how I live like now completely. Mm. But yeah. How did you land that job at Ford and what was your initial title when you started? Because you've been at Ford for... six years. Amazing. Yeah. So I actually reached out to an acquaintance who worked at Ford. Mm -hmm. When I worked in publishing, I used to take names for him at parties as a photographer and his like a little assistant basically mm-hmm. and I just asked for an informational interview little did I know it was a regular interview when I showed up he's like oh yeah come to the office for some coffee it's fine so I went to the office got sat down and immediately was hired on the spot okay so, wait amazing <laughs> yeah. so he told you right there then and there that you were hired well he said they said you know I, I want um my, he said, I want my bosses to meet you. And I said, okay, sure. And then we had an amazing time. They're like, we want to hire you. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, this was an informational interview for me, but I guess I have to go tell my boss. Yeah, wait, oh my God. Leaving, so. so you left the office. Who'd you call first? Oh my gosh, I think I called my mom. And I was just internally screaming because I had been at my other job for three years. I actually, I was an intern and then a junior manager and then a manager and I did all these things. And I was really invested in my previous job, but I just knew that that fashion side was still really calling to me. So, um, yeah, I, I ended up going from manager back to a women's board assistant. So I was an assistant, but they said I'd be a junior agent as soon as I was licensed. Mm. In Illinois, you have to be a licensed employment counselor. Oh, wow. So I had to do a whole test. I had to get licensed. And then once I got my license, I was a junior agent. I was working on the women's board in Chicago. And then we had started over the years I had kind of been doing a little bit of social because I had been doing it at my previous job. Mm-hmm. Um, the management company I worked for, I was working with um, TV personalities and experts and I was doing their brand endorsement deals and I was mm. getting them social deals and on-air deals. So when I was at Ford, I was like, this is an avenue that we haven't really explored yet. And at the time, 
we weren't, the company wasn't quite ready to dive in fully with influencers. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to work. What year was that? Do you remember? Maybe 2017. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's when the bloggers were really big. And I was a big fan always Mm -hmm. of like the OG bloggers. I was always keeping an eye on what they were doing. And I was saying like, this is an area we can make money guys. Mm -hmm. So I, I worked with the models that we had who had big followings on social and um, so then when I heard new management of ours in New York was working with media, they were creating this media division. I was like, um, hello, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Can I you know, be a part of the team? So they were like, well, yeah, we'll need you in New York. So they brought me out. Um, it was formulated differently than it is now and things snowballed from there. There were some changes and that's when I kind of like raised my hand and said, I want to create this division, I want to be in charge of this division, rebranded it, and kind of like got everything started. How did you navigate the corporate ladder where you were able to get to a point where you felt comfortable enough to advocate for yourself and know that you were going to get a yes? That's a great question. I've always been, it sort of relates to the delegation. I've always been like, a, I'll do that, I'll do that, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always putting something else on my own plate, you know, making things more difficult, of course, for myself. But so I was doing our art department in Chicago. So I was doing graphic design. I was taking all the digitals for the girls. Oh my God. I was doing all of these things. And then I kind of tapped social into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was moving up on the modeling side. I was an agent for, you know, female models and started doing this social stuff. And the team in New York kind of started to take notice of what I was doing in Chicago. Mm. So they put me on the larger team as they were trying these things out. It was new to them too. And they were really just trying to navigate this new space as well. So over time, I was lucky enough to become close with some of our executive team and really just say like, hey, I'm doing all of these things and I think it's going to benefit the company. So I went from women's board assistant to junior agent to talent advisor to brand partnerships manager then digital agent, digital director, and now global digital director. (laughs) How has the industry changed since you first entered? The industry in itself has changed so much. I was thinking about how my dad's in tech and he's been in tech since the 90s. He's like a real OG tech guy. Mm -hmm. I remember back then, I of course wanted to be the next Anna Winter. That was like my dream as a kid. Still survives, (laughs) you know, slightly. Um, But he pivoted a little, but. Exactly. The mission at its core is still there. <laughs> the sentiment still yes. there. Um, and he had told me, I would rethink publishing. He's like, publishing will be there, but it's going to change. Mm. And so I always think about that. You know, he really knew, and I'm like, go dad, that things were going to change a lot in the industry. And in in my head, then I started formulating, okay, what's going to be the next iteration of an in winter? Like, who's going to be the digital version of that? Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to explore the digital space even more, but at the time, you know, I was really happy. I love, you know, managing models. I thought it was really cool, but there was part of me that still thought about those endorsement deals I was doing before and just knowing that that was just growing and growing in importance and seeing new people start to, it took a long time, but trickle into those like front row seats at all of the shows. And I was starting to see how important those voices were becoming, you know, in the industry itself. So over time, I started to try to advocate more and more for having a stronger creator, really, than a model. Mm. But at the time, um, previous ownership was just not quite there. And it took the industry really shifting a lot to say, like, okay, now 
you know, we need to be on the forefront of this. We need to be innovating in this space. We can't be behind. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started bringing on these really strong Instagram creators. And it was really basically Instagram, elevated fashion talent who are just creating really great quality content and doing great partnerships in the fashion, beauty, and lifestyle space. That's sort of where we were at first. Who were your first talent that you signed? Oh my gosh. Lynn Miller, who's still with me today. Love her to death. I follow her. She's amazing. Um, Alex Roth, who's still with me as well. And what's amazing about Alex, and I'll give him a little shout out, is he really introduced me to this incredible scene here in New York City of people who are in the fashion industry as creators and really as like tastemakers. They're really influencing in a real sense how this industry you know, keeps moving forward. And so I got introduced to all of these amazing creators and now I'm basically momager to all of them. <laughs> I love Which that. has been really amazing. As a manager, you know, so much of my job is creating trust and mm. really creating loyalty between myself and between the talent. So it really gave me an opportunity for him to say, well, I really trust Georgia. I know she's advocating for me. And then he was willing to introduce me to all these other talent. And then, of course, as things shut down and TikTok started becoming bigger and bigger, I started taking on my first couple of TikTok talent. You know, Taylor Haig is someone that I'm still working with now. She's amazing. And yeah, really foraying into that space because a lot of the brands I work with on the luxury side, on the beauty side, they were all starting to want to dip their toes into that space. And even now, I think they're still a little bit apprehensive because they don't know how to fully approach it. Mm -hmm. What do you look for in the talent that you scout that cater to these luxury brands? So for me, it's been, who do I think these brands are gonna gravitate towards? Because in the luxury space, it's really a great thing when they like someone because then I know contemporary brands or other brands are going to want those talents. So mm-hmm. it's of course not that we're just solely focused on those brands, but I think it ends up helping to kind of narrow in on who we want to work with. I always say I look for talent that are non-competitive but complementary. Mm-hmm. So my dream was to have a brand say reach out. Um, like for example, we worked with Calvin Klein and they said, I want to work with 15 of your creators and we got to do one big project with all of them and it's because oh, they're that's all so fun. it was amazing and it was really just my heart smiled because I'm like that's exactly what I wanted is to have all these different talent that serve different you know purposes that have different perspectives that look different that act different that take different content but they all still feel very elevated, very cool. And and they make up a community almost. They do, they do. And I also love to be able to help underrepresented creators reach Mm. these luxury brands because I know that that space has been so saturated with some of the same names and the same faces for years. And to be able to be the one that connects someone, a fresh you know, voice, a fresh face with these brands is like such an amazing privilege. Mm -hmm. I always love someone who's doing something different in the way that they approach their content Mm. um, that are very authentic to themselves because really like, especially on a platform like TikTok, I think you can see too that the talent that are the most successful are the most unique themselves Mm -hmm. and they're not just fitting in with all the other talent that are out there so that's a huge which is hard to do now because the industry is so saturated that's hard definitely Mm -hmm. authenticity is a hard thing to do when you're constantly looking at what other people are creating true and comparing yourself and that's really a breeding ground for all of that isn't it on tiktok and on instagram but i think the people who stand out are just creating content because they love it. So can you walk me through a typical day for you or yeah. your main responsibilities? Definitely. Oh my gosh. I hate that cliche. Like <laughs> no two days are the same, but it really is like that. 
I would say if I'm honest, probably three days out of my week are just sitting in the office working from, you know, nine to six um, and then emailing when I get home in Mm -hmm. my pajamas, Um, just coordinating partnerships, basically doing outreach, you know, presenting these talent to brands and outlets and doing all that. Mm. I talk to my talent 24 hours a day. I hate to say it. But, um, you know, we, I try to establish the boundaries, but then, you know, brand partnerships and clients, they need things now, you know, so I have to basically be ready in case there's a campaign that needs to go live urgently about sunglasses, which it always seems to be, you know, like <laughs> a fire drill. Um, but yeah, so that's my typical day, but I also do a lot of events. Mm-hmm. I go to a lot of coffee meetings. I meet a lot of brands. I meet a lot of talent. Uh, and lately, a lot of events, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, let's let's dive into that. What are some really fun events that you've attended recently? Oh my gosh, I would say one of the highlights for me was the Instagram Met Gala party. That was a pinch me moment because I had actually December thirty first of twenty twenty one set my intentions and manifestations for the year, and mm. I wanted to go to a Met Gala after party. That was one of the things, and I put that on my list. This one really Is this a list like, in your phone, a list that you physically I wrote physically down? I wrote out. My husband had me do it. And oh, I love that. A, a couple of things actually manifested directly from that. And amazing. pretty quickly within the year, which was really exciting. So that was amazing. Um, I would say I went to this really fun We Love Coco Chanel game night at the Nines, which was so cool. There was a mind reader there. Oh, oh did you gosh. have your mind read? I did. And I, the same guy read my mind at an event in the Hamptons with Gucci. And I was like, that's the mind reader guy from Chanel. This guy's making his rounds. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wait, yeah. What did he do? What did he read your mind about? Oh my gosh. So I wrote down at one point, he said, tell me uh, something that nobody's going to know about you. Okay. So, or that I couldn't know about Mm -hmm. you. So he's sitting there and all of a sudden he like starts banging on his chest and he's like, Hmm, I'm getting a rhythm. He's like, you're a drummer. And I was like, yeah, I am. And that's what I wrote down. And the girl next to me, one of my talent, had written, I'm a Gemini vegetarian from um, (laughs) Lily Blonde. And the guy goes, "Um, are you a vegetarian and a Gemini? And I was like, this guy. That's crazy. Crazy. I wish I knew his name. But so those were like a couple of really fun events. Wait, so you drum? I do. So when did you pick up the sticks? (laughs) Uh, I've been playing for about six or seven years. Do you have a drum set in your apartment? I have an electronic kit. My husband's wow. a musician. Okay. Uh, he's a film composer and a touring musician. So I play the bass and the drums. Drums are like my primary instrument, but it surprises most people. <laughs> yeah, wait, I love that. You and your husband need to start a band together of some I, sort. I played with him before at some shows. We played South by Southwest in 2019, actually, and that we had just gotten together. So things shut down pretty quickly. Yes. That, but... Yeah, it's pretty fun. Okay, no, listen, we love a girl with a side talent. (laughs) Not quite a side hustle, I would say, but... Not yet. We have to write that down for the manifestation. Let's talk about the importance of building a personal brand and how that also relates to you personally. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think everyone should have a personal brand, really. I think especially if you're working in an industry that's public-facing in some way. There was an amazing Business of Fashion article that came out recently. I don't know if you saw where it talked about 
how people loved following women online who have a career. I mm. thought that was so interesting because it was so different from what we saw for a while, which was people transitioning from their full-time jobs to being full-time content creators. And I think that sort of helped reinforce what I thought about my own you know, personal brand is I think people like to see, obviously a full-time content creator, we stand. that's my whole job. But um, you know, for me, I love to bring people along in the journey of what I'm doing because my job is so digital facing. It's representing talent that create content that are building personal brands online. And I think it's actually amazingly helped me connect with so many new That's creators. how we connected. That's how we create. I love that. It's building such an amazing community. Yeah. And also, you know, having talent find me and that's been such a mm. blessing because it's difficult to scout creators. There's a million agencies out there. Yeah. People get swooped up from under me all the time before I even have a chance to email them. So it's nice when I've had people now come to me and have interest in working with Ford Digital. Um, that's been really exciting and also so flattering because when people want to work with Ford, they tell me that Ford Digital is their dream agency. Like I just felt faint. I think it's so exciting. Amazing. <laughs> you know, I have a pretty micro following but like 17,000 people know what I'm up to right I or know like, it's crazy you're like oh my god that would be like a football field literally <laughs> people. and you're like that's pretty amazing to think about now I'm leading the strategy for Ford's channel oh, wow. this new role, so tell me more about this new role <laughs> and what projects you're taking on under it yeah so it, it was really exciting because I haven't had a hand necessarily in Ford's social um, digital has been its own entity and I've really been concentrating on for digital talent. Mm -hmm. But with this new role, I'm help, helping to guide our strategy creatively for Ford's global channel. As the brand, how you show up. Brand. Yes. Exactly. So at Ford Models, I'll plug in now. As a kid. You know what's so crazy <laughs> also is that when I was 15 or 16, yeah. I had an interview at Ford Models. You're kidding. That's <laughs> I swear amazing. to God. In New York? In New York. I came with my mom. I was so young at the time. And oh, I remember okay. they asked me, would I be okay with homeschooling or like taking time off from school to go to Paris or something like that? And at the time I was like, hmm, I don't <laughs> think so. So nothing came of it, but it's kind of full circle that now I'm sitting with you here today. Flash forward it. 10 years. That's so I wild. mean, so Full much circle. has changed, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, you're like, well, it could have been Bella Hadid, but <laughs> I could have been this, like badass career woman. <laughs> exactly. I'll take that. I love it. That's amazing. So now, so you are helping lead it's the creative okay. for our social. So I've got a big team, bigger team even now. Wow. Which has been really How'd exciting. you go about? Did you merge a team together, or are you interviewing yeah. people? So essentially, I absorbed social into Ford Digital Umbrella. Mm. So the, the digital umbrella got bigger, which I love. And I'm working with some of our team in Brazil, which is great. Wow. I have uh, a couple of people working in the office here in New York, and we're advising basically for all the offices in the U.S. and Brazil. Wow. So how many people are on your team, digital? Seven. Yeah. Okay, so still like lean. Yeah, lean. lean, but getting shit done always. Yeah. So have you started on any projects that you can talk to us about? Are you inviting talent in to talk about Ford models? Yes, we're doing a lot of self-created content now, which is new for the brand. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been a lot of really amazing, really glossy content in the past, which yep. has been amazing. But I've seen. I get so much feedback every day from my talent, from clients, saying what performs well and what doesn't perform well. Mm -hmm. 
And I just know how much people look to Ford models as almost an editorial outlet. They're like, I want to know what the models are wearing. I want to know mm-hmm. how they do their hair and their makeup. What do they wear to a casting? What's a day like? You know, so that's the kind of content that we're going to be catering towards. It's like giving the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my goal. Yeah. And our network of models is massive. I know. We've run the numbers and I think combined all of the Ford talent has over 660 million followers. I know that is, is insane. Crazy. It's crazy when you really add everything up because we do some yeah. reports also. I'm not exactly on the influencer team at Steve Madden, yeah. but whenever we have events or we do things with influencers, there will be a number at the bottom that is the total influencers, the total reach, the total impressions and I'm like that reach right? is insane. It's absolutely wild. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to use some of the voices of some of the models we work with. They do amazing things. They're always jetting around the world, yes. doing a lot of glamorous you know, things. So I'm excited to show that off in addition to tapping into my talent. We're all basically creative directors. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it, is content yeah. creators are basically the creative directors of their own personal brand. They are, and for all I need brands, to quote that. I tell them all the time, I mean, you're creating this long career. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be utilized by brands long after things have evolved in the future yep. as a creative director, and that is where you're going to see some longevity in the other industries. So are there any other standout moments or stories that you want to share? The second thing that was on my list of like manifestations for the year was was attending a dream show Mm. and I got to go in March to Milan to the Prada show with my talent Deja Fox Mm -hmm. Um, she was invited and she very kindly brought me with her and so that was probably one of the most exciting things that's ever happened to me I mean even just having a little placard with like my name on it I have a whole like do you save them I have every every note that any brand has ever written to me in one little box in my plates because I'm like one day when I have my kids, I'm going to be like, look, your mom was kind of cool at one point. <laughs> um, and so that was amazing. And I still get teary in every show. Yeah. I know. So how did you feel when you were just sitting there and watching the models walk down the runway? It was so surreal that I had to tell myself, watch the show. Yeah. You know, because I like wasn't necessarily processing the first part of it. I was just like, just so... Uh, like phased by being there and yeah. actually my my feet didn't touch the ground in my little chair and I was like <laughs> I just feel like you know this is also <laughs> like, like a how baby. tall are you I'm like I'm five five oh I'm five four really but I have <laughs> short little legs so I was like these people probably think who's this little crying girl with her feet dangling <laughs> but it was like the most amazing amazing trip we got to be with the team for like Four days. And, oh wow, the Prada team. Yeah, and and some wow. amazing other talent were there. A lot of activists in the community. It was mm. such a great group, and it was it was so amazing. I'm very grateful to the brand and to Deja for letting me go. And yeah, that was probably the one of the highlights of my year this year so far. Wow. Okay. Amazing. That was such an exciting thing for me. The first few times that I went to an event, I. I didn't necessarily feel comfortable yet. I'm like, do I belong here? Is, you know, I'm just a plus one or something. And, you know, the next couple of events where they were like, we'd love for you to come. I'm like, you want me? That's amazing. Absolutely, I'll be there. And I still feel that way now where I'm like, just so honored that you would even want me to be there. How did you overcome that initial self-doubt and imposter syndrome? I mean, I think part of it is knowing that no one is fully comfortable. 
and realizing that, mm-hmm. you know, now that I'm going to events and it's been three years of being here and going to these parties, I know so many more people now and that makes everything so much easier, a mm-hmm. welcoming face, but also having some more confidence to like go over to someone and say hello and make friends and I've made some amazing connections that way. But the first event, I'll never forget, I had just moved to New York. It was for one of the big luxury brands and I went to this museum event and I basically like was like, hey, I'll come with some talent. And they're like, we'll put you on the list, you can come, you know? But I felt so out of place. I'm mm. like, they can tell I'm a Midwest girl. I've never been to one of these. And I look back and I'm like, I wish that I had just taken it in and recognized like I belong here as, just as much as anybody else mm-hmm. who's here. So I try to keep that in mind now when I go. I'm like, I was wanted here. Everyone's feeling a little awkward. Everyone needs one more glass of champagne exactly. to feel comfortable. <laughs> and you realize you're all kind of in it together. And, like, you have to enjoy it because otherwise, you know, you won't have gotten anything out of that night. Yeah. yeah. But it also shows the amount of growth. And I felt the same exact way when I first entered the industry. I would pretty much go and interview some sort of designer. Um, so, like, for example, I went to one event and I was interviewing Adriana Lima because she was partnered with a brand. Um, and I went in, someone handed me a glass of champagne. I went up to her, I recorded her and interviewed her, but then I left immediately after. And I was like, (laughs) no, I wanted to like network with people. And like, I knew that it was important to network with people, but it's hard when you first enter this industry and like, there's a lot of people and all of a sudden you think, oh, everyone knows each other already. And I'm the odd one out. But then once also you start to like make it up in the world or start to make it in Manhattan (laughs) yeah it makes you feel more comfortable and as you were saying again you walk in and you see a friendly face or even when we went to Taylor's art show I had no idea that you were going and I walk in and I'm like oh my god George is here thank god right (laughs) oh my gosh it makes such a difference it really does I mean this event that I went to this summer uh, my plus one got sick but it was like a dream for me to go to this event Mm -hmm. so I was like I'm gonna just go and my client there was like of course you can still come you know um and I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. and it felt very you know people had their groups and they yeah. weren't necessarily mingling but I actually saw someone that I really admired from the publishing world on her own and I was like hey I'm a fan of yours we became besties Amazing. I mean we spent the entire night together oh I love that we ate together and bathroom together you know I was like that's so cool you made your bestie for the night I would have never met her probably had I not just been like hey what's up you know and she's really sweet and you know we've kept in touch but it's really nice because otherwise I probably would have been like I'm gonna have like one drink and then I'm gonna go you know and then I ended up finding more people I knew throughout the night and I'm glad I like stuck it out and just like gave myself that like extra boost of like you can do this you know, everyone here is kind of probably feeling the same way. Yeah. And if you make a friend, they'll appreciate it just as much as you did. Exactly. You know? And a solid, amazing outfit always yeah. helps. <laughs> you are extremely busy. And also you are a boss to a big team now. How do you manage your time and stay organized? I think it kind of relates back to my first reflection is, is delegation and, and mm-hmm. realizing you need to be a little bit hands off with things. And I'm very grateful to my team on the digital side, well, the whole team, but my team that really helps me manage the talent because, you know, they've really stepped in themselves and said, like, let me handle these things. You concentrate on these higher level things. You concentrate on meeting the brands, creating relationships. And I still do a lot of our outreach and things like that. But um, 
a lot of it is really navigating who's doing what on the team. And I'm, you know, having said that, I'm still a workaholic entirely. I mean, I can't stop myself. <laughs> I had to put my phone on do not disturb this weekend because I was like going crazy already. Yeah. And, you know, my Well, because like, the to-do list is never ending, right? Exactly. And the, and the thing with a lot of these partnerships is they're never ending. There's a detail that needs to go here to this person, to that person, this yeah. needs to get sent here. And they're always time sensitive, you know? So there really isn't a lot that I can do really apart from making sure that we're fully equipped at all times to really like support these ongoing projects and our talent, mm -hmm. you know? But it's a lot of open dialogue. I always stress over communicating things. I told my, my team when I was gone in Paris, you know, training my new staff member who's amazing, I said, I want our reputation to be the nicest agents in town. Mm. You know, because who doesn't love working with a really nice team? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, going back to that, it's just like, we try to make things as easy for ourselves as we can, basically. Amazing. And I also love that your goal is to be the nicest agents in town because we've come a long way since the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's idea of an agent was like a suit, like a cigarette at your desk sunglasses on and like one word responses or phone calls like no yes you know that's what I thought an agent was yeah. but now I'm like just be nice and people will be willing to make accommodations for you or yes. make something work that wasn't going to work before and mm -hmm. I have teeth when I need them yes you know? <laughs> and we have the sirens again <laughs> let's play a girl gaze game amazing it's called this or that so it'll be rapid fire. Okay. Questions. Okay. New York or LA? New York. Gold or silver jewelry? Gold. Sneakers or heels? Heels. I'm a sneakers girl. Espresso martini or dirty martini? Filthy truck stop dirty martini. <laughs> Shoulder bag or crossbody bag? Shoulder bag. I'm never practical. <laughs> Instagram or TikTok? This is probably the most difficult one. I would say TikTok. I agree. Okay, and now let's get into our girl gaze faves. First one, who is your style icon? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say for like my everyday style, it's Carolyn Bissette Kennedy. Okay. That like 90s minimalism. Mm -hmm. But if I was like fully leaning into who my heart wants me to be, it's like only wearing 90s Mugler or like Scaparelli Couture, like I, that would be my dream Amazing. I, but I always am looking at like 90s runway that's probably where I spend all my time looking for my icons and also like 40s 50s 60s interesting cool go to work outfit I only wear black really which is no surprise <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a kind of like modern suiting would probably be mm. how I would look at it what's your favorite place to get a suit from oh my gosh costs Interesting. Okay. I need to add that to my list. It's all just very elegant, very attainable pricing, and fits really nicely. Amazing. Okay. Who do you look up to in the fashion industry? I have, a, I have three that I thought of for this. Eva Chen, who I just love her combination of digital and fashion. And also she has her own personal brand on top of her job too. She does. And she's, she's like so a prime example. And she utilizes the platform so well. And she's really brought this whole tech space into the fashion world, which mm -hmm. I think is amazing. Um, Lindsay Peoples-Wagner from The Cut and Edward Ennefold from British Vogue. 
Those are my three. Mm, I know British Vogue has really been killing it lately. Like I saw the Timothy Chalamet cover and I was yeah. like, this is just so artfully done. They're so <laughs> artfully curated and so different. Mm -hmm. I think Edward has really unique vision. Yes. That. Best item you've ever been gifted by a brand. It goes back to like any gift I've ever received. I'm like, for me, that's amazing. Uh, I have to shout out the girls at the Webster because they gifted me a Mugler dress oh. from their specific collection they did. It's in their uh, Webster pink, their signature pink. And they just knew I loved the brand. Yeah. And I helped them with a couple girls for a campaign and they gave me the dress and I'm like now I can say I own Mugler I can die peacefully oh my god that is <laughs> insane favorite place to catch up with girlfriends in New York the nines is like my favorite place mm. it's that old Hollywood old New York vibe where you can get a really good chalk stuff dirty martini exactly okay so I know what I'm gonna order the next time I go there they give you a separate canister of additional martini so it's very dangerous though yeah but the food's also amazing I was just there the other night amazing all right so then that's where our next catch-up will have yes, to be please. perfect so what is next for you I'm really going to be diving into this new role, which yeah. I'm really excited about. Um, kind of getting to tap into my more like editorial publishing side mm -hmm. and helping to generate some exciting stuff for the Ford brand. Um, and I guess hopefully I'll be better about posting on my own TikTok yes. and getting more out of that platform and hopefully just creating more visibility around you know the digital fashion space and mm -hmm. what we're doing at Ford. What platforms are you really focusing on to build the Ford brand? Instagram and TikTok, and like I said, hopefully this short form YouTube as well. Amazing. Um, oh, I can't wait yeah. to watch. I'm excited for you to tune in. Where can everyone find you, and then where can everyone find Ford Models? You online? can find me on both TikTok and Instagram at Georgia Makeley. And then um, Ford Models is just Ford Models, and we also have Ford Models Scout on Instagram, and TikTok is just Ford Models. Amazing. Everyone go follow. Any advice for someone wanting to break into the influencer talent industry? Yeah. I think you're really encouraging that loyalty with your brands when you're able to provide them more than just one talent at a time, mm. you know? Um, and that was the learning lesson, I think, for me over the last three years in having the digital division is like those people who are regular clients for you. They, they're really great. They're super loyal and they, yeah. they want to come to you and say like, hey, I, I don't mind working with you. <laughs> you know, a lot of like teams are difficult to get a hold of. Talent mm -hmm. themselves are difficult to get a hold of or, or have accountability. When there's a team where they know they can guarantee like we're going to get what we need from someone great. They're going to come On time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And not a headache. They're going to be there. It goes back to being the nicest team in town. That's yep. my goal because then they're just going to be like, we don't want to deal with all this stuff. We just want to deal with you guys. And that's where you see the most successful recurring business. Amazing. Perfect. So before we head out, I always like to end things with a gaze goal of the week, which is a realistic self-care goal. As people with full-time jobs and also side hustles and side talents like drumming, <laughs> it is sometimes hard to separate personal from work. So what is one thing that you are doing this week for yourself? me time I think self-care for me is eating you know I love I'm discovering the city through food which mm. is fun for me so I try to go somewhere on my list at least once a week so I think I'm gonna try to go to one of my like dream restaurants to try this week amazing you know well that's content in of itself you should be posting come with me to this new restaurant TikTok idea 
TikTok right here. Everyone go follow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. I'll Georgia, it has been so amazing diving into your journey and just like fun catching up with you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Of course. And thank you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you're following along at Taylor Bradford and at Pod on Instagram and on TikTok. I will speak to you all very soon. And in the meantime, keep killing it, girl gazer.